Now. Three, two, one, go! What's up? Welcome to episode 42 of the Cooldown Time Podcast, a horrendously good weekly show about gaming's best and bootiest. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, longtime friend, king of podcast co-op. We got Pablo back in the house once more. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, the big video game February has officially kicked off. Uh, it is... It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy a couple of weeks. I'm in the weeds, ho. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the weeds already. Um, yeah, we yeah, have uh, we have quite a bit to talk about. Uh, you know, we've already you been playing some some stuff. <laughs> you are, that's who you are. Um, but we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, obviously, this is a big episode. Uh, another, uh, as Pablo alluded to, another big release has has come out. Uh, and speaking of releases, uh, we're also gonna have a checkpoint chat dedicated to number twos. And letting a few hey. of those rip. Uh, no, but we also uh, we wanted That's to do poopy. something. Uh, <laughs> wanted to do something special for uh, the the two twenty two twenty two date on the calendar that's coming up by uh, by by. So we got two thousand and twenty two reasons yeah. why we love games. <laughs> <laughs> this is part one of our ninety eight part special. Yeah. Um, now uh, we're gonna do uh, our our best and worst number twos, meaning uh, the best. Kmart second and oh <laughs> yo <laughs> the best really second games and the worst second I'm gonna talk over Pablo until he's done <laughs> all right the best and worst second games of uh, of a series uh, we're gonna we're gonna do in our checkpoint chat um, I'm also gonna try to get Pablo mentally together but that's usually a failing effort <laughs> uh, we also have hit points we're gonna be talking Nintendo uh, closing up the shops. Uh, next year, we're gonna get into them about that, and we're also gonna get Silly. into uh, Remedy and Smilegate's Crossfire X Abomination. Uh, <laughs> so you're not gonna want to miss this episode for sure. Um, if you like what you hear, give our podcast a sub. Uh, we upload new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite streaming apps. You can also keep us in your FOV in between episodes by following us on IG at Cooldown Time Podcast, or Twitter, at Cooldown Time Pod, to stay connected with your boys. Uh, so with that being said, I think Pablo's uh, calmed down enough to start talking games, so let's go ahead and jump <laughs> in to loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, now obviously uh, the, the, the talk of the town right now is, of course, Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, we are going to spend quite a bit of time talking about that game. But real quick, I, I want to start, Pablo, with uh, a little game called Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, you see... You see... You see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ghost wow. Damn. We got time to start this over. We might we might need to do that. Uh, no. Um, so, you know, as, as some of you probably know, uh, there was kind of a out-of-nowhere uh, stream announcement that had happened um, last week and, and uh, ended up finding out, hey, we're dropping Cyberpunk uh, on Next Gen, so be on the lookout for that. And they gave us a really weird <laughs> stream uh, outlining very strange uh, quality of life improvements, but nevertheless, uh, they went ahead and dropped it. And so 
Uh, I wanted to just touch on that real quick before we get into Horizon because I, I'm I'm happy to say that it's a pretty solid um, next gen update uh, for the game. I, I've I've tested it out on uh, Series X and PS5 to kind of see if there's any big differences at all. Um, they're both uh, pretty much identical uh, in, in in almost every way. Uh, I think it'll just genuinely come down to personal preference or whether if you have both consoles, uh, whether you'd like more DualSense support or yeah. you'd like more of the um, Dolby Atmos type of, of sound design stuff on the Xbox side. It's it's really up to you. Um, but, you know, it, it's still cyberpunk guys out there who thought that patch 1.5 meant we were getting a totally different game. Uh, Brand new game? No, nah, we're not. It's not. This is not the No Man's Sky you thought this was going to be. I, I will say that I think that the whole announcement and release uh, was weird because... Uh, we had a conversation on the show where, like, knowing that the next patch, the next gen patch, was gonna be like their, um, like their uh, No Man's Sky moment, where it's like, hey, we're back, uh, and we're we're this is the game that we really wanted to deliver to you. Now, in in a different way, because No Man's Sky completely changed like the game that it right. is, but just kind of like this is the promise that we made in terms of the graphically and, and how the game is is performing, and for all I I, I did. Downloaded before it got announced because there was rumors it was coming out, and I did kind of dabble in it for a little bit. I played about thirty-five minutes, forty-five minutes of it, um, and just based on the fact that I just earlier this year was playing a little bit of it and seeing, I think the biggest improvements come in the lighting of the game. I, I think that yeah. they do really uh, a good job with the HDR and all that stuff. The game looks really nice, uh, uh, but in terms of, of 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 everything else, I know you play a little bit more than me, so I'll let you talk about that. But I did think that the announcement just was super weird. I almost thought they were trying to hide something, but it all seems pretty up and up in terms of what they they showed. Maybe it's not the biggest next gen leap. No, it's that not. maybe I was expecting a little bit, but it is a solid looking game with a lot of graphical kind of uh, bells and bells and whistles that the the original game didn't have for next generation. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really expecting anything profoundly different. I I just wanted a game that kind of had less pop in and better textures, better shadows, and and just just more sturdy uh, of a game than anything like WoW worthy. You know, we'll talk about a game that does just that in, in, in a short while here. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty standard next gen update. Um, it's still cyberpunk. It's it's not. There's a few quality of life improvements here or there. Skill tree stuff changed. Um, some patches, some new additions, little stuff like places to um, other places you can live and things like that, which are nice touches. Um, so some of the stuff from that leak a couple weeks or months ago, whenever that was, wasn't entirely wrong. Um, but I think overall, it's still standard Cyberpunk 2077. And I would have to imagine they just kind of want to move on um, sooner yeah. than later from this now. I think they wanted to kind of live up to their promise. Of, well, there's DLC coming, apparently. Yeah, I mean, they have some stuff coming, obviously. But I think they just wanted to kind of get this out there uh, so people can stop lasering in on the PS4 and Xbox One versions, you know, and all the issues with those and just kind of move forward. Um, so if you've been waiting uh, to play this game, I think now is a great time. Now, here's the thing. It still has some bugs. It's still... It is still kind of, you know, not perfect, and, uh, you know, there's glitches, there's funny things that happen, there's still weird moments where you're like, how did y'all still not fix this yet? That stuff still happens, unfortunately, but um, I I do think that this game is much more playable now and much more enjoyable uh, than where it was at. So I just wanted to kind of briefly give it a shout out and say that if you... 
decided to do what I did and kind of wait to come back to it or you never touched it at all, I think now is a good time. It's just a bad time because it's February and, and, and this month is chaos right now with uh, you know how many new games and new good games are out there. Um, but I do recommend it. I, I definitely recommend it. And I'm going to, I've been kind of juggling that and, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, speaking of which Pablo, big game, it is out. It is, it is here. Uh, and, uh, two skeptics that be you and I are, are, are playing this game right now. And, uh, we put some, we put some time in and, yep. um, got a lot to say about this one. Got a lot to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to kind of have an extended conversation about this, listeners, just so we can kind of you know get all of our thoughts out. So this won't be just a little five minute thing uh, at all. But um, I I kind of want to start Pablo with just sort of getting the the obvious out of the way, right? Like this game visually uh, to me has <laughs> I tweeted this. It, it has produced more oh my gods out of me than I think um, any game has probably done. Uh, in a long time, if not ever, um, I am astounded at the level of quality and fidelity of this game. It does have some problems. Um, I, I know you've yeah. run into some like you know weird graphical bugs. A lot of people have reported that stuff. Yeah. But um, overall, I, I you know this is Gorilla, and I should have just been prepared to 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 say yeah, it looks beautiful. But I'm still floored at how good this game looks, yeah. man. Um, how is this game just from a from a visual and technical standpoint, kind of striking you right now? Well, I know, uh, it, you know, we started playing it right at twelve o'clock uh, Thursday night, um, and you text me, "Oh my god!" Uh, and <laughs> or, or what did you what did you text that me? Is dear God, dear God. Oh, dear God! <laughs> and, and I already knew exactly what you were kind of alluding to yeah. because I, I, you know, you could only play so much within the next f- first five to ten minutes. Yeah. So I knew exactly we were going through the same. Uh, you know, notions in terms of the uh, visual fidelity. Yeah, man, uh, off-rip, right when that game starts and, and, and kind of drops you into the gameplay, it's kind of, like, awe-inspiring. Um, it, it's just so beautiful to look at, uh, and it's it's the colors, and it's just kind of how clean everything looks. Uh, it's really, like, an achievement. I, I, I'm confused because leading up to the, to the release of the game, you know, I, I hear some podcasts and people's thoughts on it, and, and nobody's really harping on how beautiful this game looks. It's kind of like being taken for granted in that way. Uh, I've, I've even heard people say that this isn't the game that people would go to when it comes to, like, showcasing what the PS5 is capable of. You know, I've, what? of course, they, <laughs> I, like, I don't want to even get that because it's, this is exactly why we got a PS5. Uh, everybody who has a PS5 should own this game because it, it, in terms of what it's, what is, what it's doing graphically uh, is absolutely astounding. And I, in that way, I think this game is, is firing on all cylinders. It's probably uh, one of the most beautiful games I've seen, uh, you know, been able to play. It's, 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 it's really incredible. Um, what are you playing on? Let's, cause I know we have a poll up talking about, uh, how people prefer to play the game. How are you playing uh, Horizon Forbidden West? Uh, I am playing it in the resolution or what we kind of now know as like quality mode uh, right now. Yeah. Um, I think that it is the best use of quality mode I've seen in all the next-gen games so far because 
there's usually what happens, and, and this is actually tying back to Cyberpunk, weirdly enough, um, a lot of games that go quality mode have problems with input lag, like really bad, mm-hmm. and Cyberpunk's yeah. is pretty bad. Uh, and it's not the only one that, that has that issue, though. I'm not singling out Cyberpunk in this case. It's just that it's very hard to find a genuinely, like, tight and responsive feeling 30 fps kind of mode uh these days and they figured it out i think it's it's very reminiscent of what forza horizon 5 was like for me in that i adjusted to like the 30 fps like with my eyes like pretty quickly and it didn't feel slow or sluggish or unresponsive at all so i've I stuck to it. I mean, it's 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 really really beautiful. It's 4K. All the textures are super sharp. Um, they use really uh, really good really good use of motion blur to kind of keep it from feeling too uh, juddery. Um, so I'm I'm sticking to that. But I know most people are playing performance mode, and I think you are too. Yeah. Correct? I am. Yeah, I, I am playing performance mode. Uh, that comes from also me having kind of I'm really bad at detecting like uh, resolution. Like uh, I. I, I at 1800 or 1800 uh compared to 4k for me i can't even tell the difference i, I know there there's some there is some lighting stuff yeah, that's yeah. just so much better uh in in right. the uh, quality mode but the 60 frames for me i am having a hard time adjusting to the 30 frames when i switch back to it just it, there's just something that, that, with the motion blur and i did turn the motion blur off to kind of see how that would look and it is a little better that way for me but something about it's something about the way, especially when the camera spins around, that really fucks me up. I'm like, I, so I, I I almost have to play it in performance mode. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's more like a me thing. But regardless, I'm not playing this game and, and, and thinking, oh man, I wish this looked just slightly better. It just, it's still, even us playing in two different modes, it's still astounding in terms yeah. of, of the visual aspect of it. And it, and it runs really, really smooth 60 frames. Oh yeah. I, I've, I've not run into any kind of stuttering. Um, you know, uh, yeah, but, same. um, yeah, I think the same compliments also for me go to sound design and music as well. Um, yeah, man. 3d audio in this game is, is, is killing it. Excellent. This year. Um, was that music is killing it? This oh year. yeah. Music. Like Dialight 2 had fantastic oh. music. Oh man. Yeah. So good. And this is no exception. I think this, this music is a great step up from, uh, the first game, uh, I, I, I found myself kind of like stopping moving and just kind of listening to, to to some of the yeah, stuff that was happening, um, you know, audio wise. And I was really, really impressed at the fact that they kind of retained like that, that female singers like kind of uh, singing it, but they also add a little bit more bass and a little bit more um, uh, like rhythm uh, to, to it yeah. as well. It doesn't feel just too ethereal and, and tribal now. It's got a little bit more going on for it. It, it's not the same as Halo Infinite, but it gave me the same kind of feeling in a sense because it felt like it felt familiar, but it felt different enough to be like, oh, y'all actually kind of tried to think of something in- interesting to do with the with the music this time around. So so far so good. I actually think it's really uh, really dope. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think it's crazy crazy to say that it could be compared to Halo and its musical cues. I, I think it's I think it's excellent music. Um, yeah, I, I think musically, in terms of like the actual music, I think is really, really dope. I do think that the musical cues are a little better in, in Dying Light 2, just because oh, they, they, yeah. they have a system specifically built for that. Uh, but they do a really good job, even with the with the intro uh, uh, with the intro of the game itself. It was like an actual performance, uh, uh, female singing. That was really cool. I, I I'm not a f- big fan of like people singing in, in video game music. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, there are very few far exceptions. Snake Eater. Um, uh, Probably Red uh, Dead for you, right? Red Dead 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And 
and you know, and, and this is a good example of that I, I do like that. It's pretty, it's pretty. Good. Other games have tried it. Di- uh, Days Gone has tried it to terrible effect. <laughs> uh, so it's 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 a it's it's a very like you know risky thing I think, and it, they've pulled it off really nice. It's really well done here. Yeah, that intro song when you get far enough in and she sets out for the Forbidden West. That yeah. was fire. Uh, but we don't want to spoil too much. We're going to keep this pretty spoiler free for all of you who are um, who are playing along with us as well. Um, I, I do want to kind of stick to the opening areas a little bit, though, uh, and, and kind of talk about those first impressions. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, first of all, I, I really want to kind of give them some flowers for the for two things about Horizon Zero Dawn: the fact that they provided a really nice, concise summary that that felt you know, pretty easy to grasp if you've been away because it's been five years, right? So it's not like yeah. you remember all the details. I certainly didn't. Um, and I also appreciate the feeling, and we talked about this offline, but you know, the feeling of continuity uh, narratively, it, it, it feels um, it feels good to see that they have kind of committed to that and they didn't just kind of say, oh, well, you didn't really have to play the first game to understand. Like there are a lot of characters you, you, you meet in the early goings that like, oh, it's you. How have you been? And if you haven't played this game, you're going to be like, I don't know who any of these people are. I put I respect I put that. 25 hours, 25, 30 hours into Horizon Zero Dawn, and I don't know half of these motherfuckers. I'm like, <laughs> who are you? Wait a minute. But, but I appreciate that there's, even if I don't know personally me, I don't know who they are. I do like that there's a sense of familiarity between Aloy and that character. Like, it, it feels like a world in which, you know, it's lived in. It just feels like a developed world. Like, it, it, there's relationships that were built in the first game that are not completely abandoned here. And they don't really try to hold your hand to kind of explain, Hi, I'm Petra. I'm the lady that you met. Like, you know, there's there's none of that. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's you, you know. And it, I, I, think, I think that's really cool. Because that's something I told Marco is a lot of games nowadays, including Halo Infinite, uh, will take... Any relationships that you might have had before in previous games, and they just don't mention anybody from previous games. Yeah. They try to make it as inclu- as as standalone as possible, while still having kind of the the carryover from story. But it, it, in terms of specifics, this game is not afraid to really you know introduce the character to you that you know, but you're like, damn, it's been five years since I played this. I don't yeah, know who I, the hell this person I is. agree. Like even even games that aren't trying to be reboots feel like reboots narratively because yeah. they just don't like tie into anything anymore. Uh, so trying to cater to new Yeah, animals. it's it's a little too ex- and it just kind of undermines the the fans that have kind of been waiting around and wanting to see how like certain plot threads um, you know continue on and stuff. So I'm yeah. glad that they they went for it there and they stuck with it, which is which is good to see. I think also um, the 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 gameplay tutorial portion and just the overall premise of what you're trying to do in this game is made very clear in a way that I actually yeah. really liked early on. There's not a lot of, there wasn't a lot of guesswork about like, okay, what, what, what is this chick doing now? Like, you know, okay, what happened in the last games? What happened in the last game? Is she just going to get kind of be out here taking on tribes and killing beasts or is there something, something interesting happening yeah. here? And they make that stuff pretty clear early on. So. Yeah, you know, and, and and the thing that I really like, um, and one of my major gripes with the first game was its story. Uh, you know, a lot of it was you kind of discovering that world and and and, and learning the lore of it and learning the the what the tribes, the relationship between each tribes, and and what being an outcast man and and all this stuff. So, I like that now. This is 
behind them, and they are, they are, they aren't really rehashing that at all. So it, it's all about Aloy, and then her continuing effort to save the world. Uh, but they, they they really it's more interesting for me in that way because now I know what this world is. I know that it's it's set in in in, in some type of uh, far far future, and I know the the relationship between. Um, Elizabeth and, and, and Aloy, and I know what that means, I know who she is, she knows who she is, so all that shit is out the way, like, we, we are well aware of what's happening, so that gives them the more freedom to tell a story that is, sure, basic, save the world, but also with the relationships and kind of, like, all the, uh, all the story beats that are happening within the, within the game are, are far more interesting to me. I agree, um, and, yeah. And I'll, and I'll get more to kind of stuff that I don't really like, but right now, I'll just keep it sure. in, in that in that way where it's, I, I, I think it's infinitely more interesting to me uh off off rip so i am really enjoying i would that. also add bro like the the fluidity of the narrative is different too uh it doesn't yeah. feel as stop and go and and stiff and Man, dull hated that for the like first game. yeah yeah they, they kind of to your point like they don't have to waste a lot of time like man it was a drag playing as young aloy uh oh, oh big that. head like it, it was terrible and and um you know getting a feel for the world through the eyes of a kid and, and just that whole relationship you're trying to grasp at the same time it was it, it wasn't working and this game just kind of gets you right into the situation that you're in here's what Aloy's been up to uh, here's here's what's going on. Here's what didn't happen. Blah blah blah. And you just kind of yeah. get right into it. And and I've I feel I feel like even when the game opens up, um, and you're kind of able to choose what you want to do between side quests and main quests, there's it doesn't feel like you're too far away from some kind of storytelling. Um, in this game, whereas the last, the first game, I felt like it was kind of too few and far between. The side quests felt like just bland side quests. Hi, can you yeah. go get me the three of these? Like now, you're getting more exposition from what, like the why of why these people need you, uh, more about their personality. At the same time, it feels very witchery in that sense. Uh, yeah, with, with very. Quests. Very interconnected. In fact, there are side quests that you can't progress without moving further through the main quest, which is, when you think yeah. about it, which is like, oh shit, like, that's pretty fucking uh, dope and shows how intricate the side quests are and how they really help to tell the story f through the main quest. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, and in most in most RPG open world games like that, the side quests are just that. They are side quests. They're not connected to the main quest at all. And the fact that there are moments where you really can't progress to the side quest to finish it until you finish the main quest, that that little detail kind of blew me away. I'm like, oh shit, this is all connected. And of course they have errands where, which are much more like side quests that we would think. And even those are pretty cool because those actually afford you the the ability to give uh, all, all these uh, items to this cook to, to give you some mm -hmm. buffs. Little things like that. And and I, I got this really dope gun from these two sisters uh, that is, is it works, it's one of my favorite weapons in the game and you can get it really early on. So, stuff like that is really like, they really thought of it. Now, I don't know how, I don't know how like, uh, alright, so when and I'll give you a sports analogy. When there's like new teams, a football team, and they have a new quarterback, they have these scripted plays in the first four or five drives that are super scripted, and they know exactly where they're gonna go. I don't know how much of that is up front to kind of like wow you, and I don't know how that carries over throughout the game because I haven't gotten oh sure you know, yeah it remains to be seen game. yeah. 
but I, I I hope that it does because if it does, I'm telling you right now. I, you, Marco told me the witchery shit. Like it's, it feels a little witchery. I we had a I had a clutch my pearls <laughs> moment. Like excuse me, but he's right in that. Especially in Witcher, there there are moments there are moments in that game where you can the side quests bleed right into the main quest, and they almost feel like how the fuck would I have not why I could have missed this? Like this seems yeah. so integral. Yeah, and and that's how it feels here when I'm playing. Um, playing Horizon uh, Forbidden West. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that aspect. Now, let me open this up, and and I, I want to talk more about narrative, but I want to kind of circle back to gameplay again. Yeah. Um, because I think for me, you know, there, there, there were narrative concerns from the first game, but I think that the gameplay and the combat from the first game were the were really, really hard for me to, yeah. to fall in love with. So I want to kind of start with you to get a general... Obviously, again, we're not super far into the game, but just a general heat check on how the gameplay is hitting you right now and and why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of my main concerns, and it might seem petty, but it's not with the first game, was the camera, how how close it was to Aloy. And being a game that's about traversal, a game that is a it's very much about hand to uh, hand combat, melee combat. That camera was not. I didn't like it. I thought it was. I thought it was unbearable at times, and it really was. It really brought the game down a lot for me. So this game, it, it they take that camera back. They they pull it back. It feels a lot more like a third person action adventure type of game, and it and it and it really just opens up the the everything traversal. Which is improved it is much better. Uh, the combat for me feels smooth. It feels like it feels like every button that I'm pressing, there's there's it just feels reactionary, and I and I like that because in the other games you press the R two and there was like a spin. It just still does that, but there's a lot there with the combat that feels really like tactile, and I and I really enjoyed it. I love shooting the bow and arrow. I think that feels awesome. I don't know what tweaks they've done, but it mm-hmm. feels legit. Yeah, it feels it's tight. like a real it's really tight. Yeah. It, yeah, it feels real good, and, and 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 like stuff like the polecaster that, that that they introduced, that's awesome. You know, little stuff like little stuff like that that really kind of give you more of the ability to uh, to traverse the world in a way that you weren't really able to. Now, of course, this is not climb anywhere, do anything you want kind of game, no. but I think that there's enough climbing opportunities for lack of a better term, that you can really go to places that you see, oh, there's a ledge up there. You can really get up there if you you know, if yeah. you really wanted to. And just little things like when you're swimming, uh, that you can like uh, push yourself forward. Oh, uh, like the vaulting through, kind yeah, of forward thing? The vaulting yeah. stuff. That stuff is really cool. I, 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 I you know, there's a moment in early on in the game where there's a current that's hitting you're going against you in the current. And if you vault and you use the vault, you can go into the current, and I think that stuff, stuff like that, it, it, the the attention to detail so early on is really getting me excited for kind of how the when the world opens up even more. Yeah, I would say um, looking at it from like a combat standpoint and a traversal standpoint, right? I love the fact that this game feels so much more refined compared to the first game, not just because of the reasons that you said, but also because they have figured out a way to make all types of play styles feel more viable. I'm going yeah. with like a stealth build or an infiltrator build, basically. I'm, I'm kind of dumping I'm all my skill up. points into that, and I'm I'm hiding in these bushes, you know what I mean? And, and, yeah, and I'm going straight up Hunter. And, and that, that's, that's, t- yeah. that's typical Pablo. But what I love about it is, is that you... They're viable options. Whereas the first mm-hmm. game was like, hey, you can do these things, but nothing ever felt like like truly viable in that like here's a bush you can go hide in but the bush is nowhere near 
you know, the the, yeah. the beasts that are roaming around. But you can do that. Like it just didn't feel yeah. like it was like actually made with care. And now I feel like stealth is truly, truly usable. Um, and when things go to hell, like it's on me because I dumped my points in that. Now I have to figure out a way to get crafty and get away from seven seven of those things. Um, so I really enjoy that. I love the special moves. The the one that I have unlocked for stealth is you basically can be invisible for a few seconds and kind of you know do your thing and do some stealth kills, uh, which is really dope. I like that idea. They have like kind of like an ultimate move or something like that um, yeah. for various play styles. Um, so I, I really dig that that versatility and variety in how you can approach every area of that game. Traversal wise, I think I I think I like it. I think that it's still a little wonky to me. Um, yeah. I boy, there's a lot of ladders in this game now, uh, and you got to shoot the thing to let the ladder drop, and it's and it's very game. And they do this really dumb thing where. Some ladders are unreachable unless you shoot them down, even though they're right yeah, there. Yeah, there's a little but bit others, of the you, yeah. gamification of like the invisible wall yeah. stuff, and yeah. So I do want to preface by saying I do like the climbing because of how bad the climbing felt in the first. It was game. horrible. Or yeah, and so I, I in that aspect, I think it's greatly improved. I think they do super weird shit, like going weirdly enough, vaulting uh, left to right. You can use a circle button, mm-hmm. but you know, going. Diagonal is X. It's it's like it, they 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 try a little too much to to and then to you have then you have like the grapple hook thing too, and then you can grapple hook to a spot and then press circle and then you go up higher to, to, to like up. it's yeah. it's it feels like I'm there's a lot going on yeah it feels like there's a lot going on and uh, again that's why I said I think I like it because I just probably need to put more time into it and I might get used to it but um I I think the one thing holding the traversal back is some of the animations are a little over animated in some respects over at like the whole game is over animated. that was one of my complaints about it a little bit yeah to the point where it just feels like unrealistic like like why is she jumping that high and it, it feels almost like cartoony uh in yeah. some ways yeah, yeah. and it's like okay that doesn't feel like realistic to me um so some of that stuff is a little it does throw me off a little bit but uh i think the gameplay is it you know just to summarize that portion is, is just head and shoulders above the first game and and, and yeah. I think almost every possible way, uh, honestly. Yeah. Um, when, when you compare it to the first game, th- this is and I, and I, and for those who've heard me on other shows uh, on this one, I've always said that the sequel of this game is probably going to be the best version this game pro- oh, yeah. possibly could be. And so far, it, it's hitting on all of that because this feels so much better. And they're not they're not changing the formula. They are improving it. You know, it's, 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 for me, a lot of the stuff that I saw in the first game is present here, but it is, it is, it has been, the formula has been perfected to, to, to a form where the, the combat is the same. The climbing is is the same, but the things they've done to improve that make it feel really, really good. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's all I can ask for. for I think, I think the only area that I wish was not there, and it's probably just because I hate crafting, but crafting. You just be you, all these materials you're, you're you're scrapping for. You're like, what the hell is all this stuff that that I'm that I'm taking here? Like, what is yeah. what is any of this, right? They, I mean, I can't believe we played that first game without the um, without a, a stash. 
Oh my god! That wasn't in the first game. That was that's crazy. Yeah, that was and that's essential here. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Thankfully, they 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 didn't make us suffer with something like that. But I just don't like the whole finding all these random materials thing and and upgrading like or having to like craft arrows. I'm I I just I get it. It makes sense in in this scrappy scruffy world. But I just don't. I I never enjoy that. I think the only game I've ever liked that is The Last of Us, and that's about that's probably yeah, about I- it. And what's funny about that is this game has a weird kind of thing where it's not quite sandbox at all. No, um, I don't think so. But no, I don't think. But it does a lot of stuff. It has a lot of stuff to suggest that it wants to be. You know, uh, when it comes to, to the pull caster, the glider, all these stuff. And, and there's not. Re- these are just means to an end in terms of traversal. There's not really much you can do. So when it comes to like Witcher Three. Witcher 3, the first time I played that game, I didn't craft one single oil Not a one. or anything. Nope. Um, and so this game you have to craft. And, and and that's the kind of stuff that kind of is is at odds with kind of the messaging of what the game wants to be. Where like you have to do these certain things. And I don't like that too much. But, you know... Luckily, luckily, the way you craft an arrow, there's no you don't have to go to the bench to craft oh, the yeah. arrow. It, it's right on the fly. Insanity. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that that stuff is pretty cool. But you know, there's it, a little stuff like that that I wish that the game didn't have. Like I agree. Yeah. Now I want to I want to go ahead and get into some narrative stuff. Uh, we'll keep this spoiler free, obviously. Um, but I do want to I want to kind of talk about Aloy because I feel like this is where you and me might have the most different opinions. Uh, yeah. Potentially, I'll, I don't know. We could be on the same page. Let me give you mine. Go ahead. Vanilla. Boy, that she is white bread <laughs> and some, Wonder uh, bread some vanilla like extract. Store brand. She's, some, she's Wonder Bread with vanilla extract sprinkled <laughs> on it. She, but, but, she, it fits the story. It fits her. Like, she's like... She's almost, I heard someone say this, she's almost like Superman, like, she's doing good for the sake of good. There's no inner conflict in her, at least not yet throughout the game. There's not a lot going on with her, she's just there, she's the paragon of great, uh, of like, of, of good. Like, she's there to just do the right thing, and there's, she's just so... And, and Ashley Birch does her, her, her performance, and she does a great This is job. where we're gonna disagree. Go ahead. Okay. But she is breathy as fuck, bro. She I don't is get that. carbon. I don't I, carbon monoxide being <laughs> spread every everything she monoxide. everything she says is like there's like and once you hear it for me, I can't unhear it. I'm like man, and it's not an, it's not annoying. It's just like it's a weird for me. It's a weird choice. Oh my god, I I I don't understand that criticism. People in that game talk at normal volumes. Yeah. And and I think that people uh, you know who play games can forget that a lot of video game dialogue is very overdone and unnatural. It's very like if you think about like the Uncharted's and stuff like that. They're all very they're not they're almost not realistic. Like when yeah. when Aloy's talking to Avad who is a character from the first game um who who's the king of Meridian. Uh their dialogue was was so like it was so grounded, like sounding, literally sounding. But I don't just, I, just very. And, and Aloy doesn't have to be loud, or she can talk in that like exasperated sigh. And that's just kind of who she is. She's not a very loud yeah, person. Yeah, no, no. I I don't think I don't think that the 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 dialogue is bad, or I don't think that the performance is unrealistic, or I don't think the performance is 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 not good. I just I personally don't like 
the performance, like the choice of that performance. I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, the things that she says to herself almost in a mumble. Yeah. And, and and that's fine because she's legit. When you talk to yourself, you don't. Well, here I am, yeah. and this, you don't talk exactly. to yourself. Clearly. You do talk to yourself, and I like that. I, I I think the choices that she makes are really good. I just the overall performance, and I don't think this is an Aloy thing. I think this is a Ashley Birch because she does. She's done this in other in other in other games where this is just kind of her way. For me, I'm just just like you. Like if somebody's not a fan of Nolan North or or uh, the other Troy dude, Baker. like Troy Baker, like that's that's what I mean by that. This is a totally me thing, and I so okay. I I think I think you're right. I, I think that in terms of like when they're talking, the conversations they're very like if they're sentimental or they're meant to be subdued or not important, they are delivered in that way, and I think that's fantastic. Um, but I, for me, it's just a her thing. I I, I just. Everything she says is like she's exacerbated as fuck throughout the whole. I, I don't. I, I don't think it's bad. Anyway, but I want. I want to I I, I, get. But yeah. let me get into why I don't think she is a white rice flavored popsicle, like you said. Uh, <laughs> oh man, she's so bad. For let me. me I, let me get into why I do think that there is an inner conflict. I think she is. She is recognizing that she is in a position of, of extreme urgency. She does not have the luxury, and you see that pretty early in the game, where a character kind of tries to pull her in to like have drinks and talk about stuff and reconnect and things. And 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 Aloy is in a position where she she wants to. She she. Does Definitely wants to spend time with these people, but I found her and I drank. Oh, I didn't. I oh, I didn't yet. Uh, I didn't yet. I, I found her. You can find. It's not even. A, it's not even on the map. You, if you see her, you hear her say, "Hey, you change your mind." You can literally walk up to her and hit the thing and, and literally sit down. Yeah, There's no indication that you can. Well, do that. sure, but I mean, no, no, even, I, no, no. Even like Aaron and other characters are like, yeah, no, no, but no. You're that's just a, that's a whole side thing. That was just like, I, I, actually, that's a cool thing you can actually. do. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean. That, no, that's fine. You, I didn't mean to belittle your point. No, it's, it's right. fine. I mean, I, I, I just, I think that is the dilemma, though. I think it is the reality of this is yeah. on me. I have to make this happen. I don't have the luxury of of watching over anybody. I don't have the luxury of 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 following up on anyone's in, like love interest in me right now as much as I would like that. Uh, you know, like I I see a lot of that happening, and I I see that she's kind of in a position where her hands are sort of tied. It it is the mission, yeah. and it, it can't be anything else. And so, but for me, I think she comes across as a little stoic because she she has to shut off emotions and focus on the mission yeah but for me that's more like situational like that's the that's what's happening in her life right now and that's how she's reacting i I mean more of like her personality like i don't know who she is like i i don't like okay so when you're playing mass effect game or something like that you get to craft your player you get to kind of decide the kind of person this 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 player is we don't do that with her she she is gorilla's creation she has a full personality there's nothing that we do that really can shape her in that way so which is fine but my thing is is i don't really know who she is as a person i just know aloy in this situation a, a, a situation of great responsibility responsibility and like you said she doesn't have the time for luxuries or or times that things that maybe she should be doing as a young female in this world but because she has so much responsibility on her shoulders i understand that but it just when you spend so much time with a character it's weird that you don't really know her as a person like you know her as much as you the other people know her through those eyes like she's the great savior she's this but like i don't know her i think that's that's kind of by design. I mean, the entire first game was her coming of age and trying to figure out who she is. 
I think this is a game where she doesn't have time to figure out how she fits in with society. I think a lot of who she is built as in terms of narrative is somebody who has not had the luxury of figuring out who she actually is. And I think that's a really interesting uh, device. Now, you can argue, well, as a video game, I would like to play as somebody more interesting or more dim- has more dimensions, and I would agree with you there. But I do like the fact that that is cooked into this this story it's not just something yeah. like i'm like it's not a it's not a reach it's it is what they're striving for here sure and i like that yeah but but like okay and i and i hate to use that the this point again but like okay when you're playing uh, a commander a shepherd uh you're out to save the world but you're still talking making decisions making connections whether or not you, you don't have to be in a relationship in that game, but you're doing it in a way where you're shaping the character. There are there there are there are moments in this game where you get to pick a a kind of uh, conversation. Whether it's you do it with your brain, you do it with you know with your fist or with your heart, right? These kind of like things that that doesn't mean anything personality wise. It's just in that conversation, the kind of way you're gonna uh, respond to that to the character. So I, that's the kind of stuff that I kind of wish would 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 just it would bleed into to, to that a little more, like just who she really like shape. You can shape her a little more, which you know, it's just a, it mm-hmm. just it's it doesn't it doesn't make the game bad. But for me, as a performance for her, I I, I just not my favorite. Okay. However, I will say other characters in the game, I do like their performances. I think they do vary from good to to not so good. But overall, I think everybody in that game, NPCs, um facial configurations in terms of like graphical output that stuff is really top notch yeah, and, of and it really lends itself to, to 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 the game in terms of what it's doing and physical the, the physical movement and stuff yeah. it's very it's very good acting all around now yeah. we got to move on um i want to kind of leave these last few minutes pablo for anything that we didn't get to cover that you kind of want to get your bars off about about this game anything that that's kind of straggler thoughts that we haven't covered no, I mean not not really. We pretty much covered everything. We talked about things about like the camera and and how the fluidity and character motion has been greatly improved and all that good stuff. Um, I do have some nitpicks. I don't know if you wanted to get there. Let's yet. run through those real quick. Yeah, we got we got about five. Yeah, the, the Ashley Birch stuff that that right, was right. you know that's one of my main one. Um, I, I think uh, 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 stuff like. The tribalism stuff, it's still a hodgepodge of just like a whole bunch of tribalistic stuff. It's funny because they can they can explain religious concepts and how they are used to like manipulate people with uh uh with Hades and, and but they still haven't explained to me why uh Aloy is wearing what she's wearing and why people are it just feels like a whole bunch of shit. Like there's all oh, we saw this shit in Game of Thrones, the sun god, all this shit. It just fits all in this game. And it, it, it's there, it was never a point that bothered me in the first game, and it doesn't really bother me here, but it's still kind of like, there's a lot of that in here, and you still don't want to explain what all this is about? Like, it, it just feels a, a, a little off to me. Okay. Uh, and then my complaints about, you know, Aloy being super vanilla, uh, but other than that, well, That already I got think, debunked, um, so you, you good. <laughs> other than that, I think... Um, I, I think that's it, really. Okay. I mean, again, I'm 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 pretty early on, and um, uh, you know, we'll see what what the game brings. So, uh, but so far, so good. I was just gonna say, it, is it safe to say, at least for the moment, that it has kind of surpassed expectations for you or met expectations? Oh, yeah. 
No, it's surpassed okay. expectations because, I mean, the first game, I'm not a fan of it at all. And so I was expecting to, okay, find improvements in the game, but still find the things that I didn't like about the game still be present. And those seem to pretty much be gone for now. Yeah, I agree. I think this is kind of blowing me out of the water, to be honest. It, it, it's an astounding yeah. refinement. Uh, it is it is showing that this, this IP actually did have something that I didn't see in it. Uh, the first time around yeah. that, that they have uh, been able to utilize in this world and universe they've created um, that to your point has some loopholes and has some unexplained elements or things that just don't feel very uh, earned, but still feel like it, it's still a great game that is now in a world that I actually respect as a pretty solid like world that they've created here. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think this game is great. I think I covered most of my pros and cons, honestly. Um, one, one thing, I want to cover real quick the conversation behind the bugs. Oh, the bugs. Yes. Let's talk about that real quick, please. Uh, I think there there's a lot of bugs in this game, none of which bother me to a point where it's really like throwing me off. Like It's not making excuses for, for, for the game at all. Our precious Witcher 3 riddled with bugs. I mean, the ambition behind the game and just kind of the what this game is trying to do, it's going to have these bugs. Uh, so the conversations happening with bugs like, oh, this is cyberpunk or cyberpunk is getting all the hate and this is being ignored. No, it, it, Cyberpunk had game-breaking bugs. You legit could not play the game in some aspects. It's, there's nothing that ever happened to me in this game that broke the game. If anything, there were things that happened that were kind of like, kind of hilarious in terms of how they were happening. But well, not for at least for me, I'm not making excuses for bugs. I think that there 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 are, there are few here. The eye shit is crazy, bro. But other than that, uh, <laughs> it's 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 pretty polished for what it is. I have to I agree. Mean, we just got off of Dying Light too. I mean. That shit has some problems for me, and I still love that game. So, I mean, this is this is great. All right. Yeah, I haven't run into any issues myself on the bug side yet, but we'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, even if I do, it's it's certainly not the, the scale of what we've dealt with with the battlefields and cyberpunks of the world, fallouts of the world. Nah, nothing like yeah, that, no. y'all. Uh, so yeah, this is a fire game. We'll be talking about this for sure. Uh, probably in a future episode when we do like a review roundup type of thing. Um, but in the meantime, we got to call it here and move on. And we are going to hit up our next segment, which is hit points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for hit points. All right. Now we have two uh, news items in our hit points this week. News item number one. This is going to be a little bit of a read, so bear with me here. Uh, Nintendo has decided they will close both the 3DS and Wii U eShops in March of 2023. Nintendo went on to remove a portion of their FAQ about the matter, which asked them about their obligation to preserve their games by keeping them available for purchase on these stores. Before they deleted it, Nintendo's answer stated, quote, Across our Nintendo Switch Online membership plans, over 130 classic games are currently available in growing libraries for various legacy systems. The games are often enhanced with new features such as online play. We think this is an effective way to make classic content easily available to a broad range of players. Within these libraries, new and longtime players can not only find games they remember to have, to have heard about or have... Um, but other games that they might not have thought to seek out otherwise. We currently have no plans to offer classic content in other ways. Pablo, it's a lot of gobbledygook here. What is Nintendo saying and how you feeling? Uh, Nintendo's saying, um, I don't give a fuck. That's what they're, I mean, they're, they're, 
that's basically for I mean look you can say whatever you want but the fact remains is over 1000 games are going to be gone and unable to be played according to this nearly 530 virtual ga- uh, console games can't play them anywhere else not currently available on the Nintendo Switch online you can get you can get the craziest bullshit uh you know fucking vaporware oh, game on Switch anytime online anytime you want but yeah anytime you want but these games for whatever reason we know the reason. Um, it, it, they're just going to charge you more. That's all it is. This is all about money. And Nintendo is a company that is all about making money. And all these games that are about to disappear, classic games that, that, that people love, are just going to show up one way or the other for twenty nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. And Paywall. people are going to buy them all over again. Yep. They don't care. They When they did this, this is about c- cutting costs on server uh, server costs, all this bullshit. They don't think about the gamers. They never think about the gamers. When it comes to business decisions like this, companies... And, and, and look, I, I don't... I, I'm not belittling uh, uh, any kind of practices, but, you know, Sony and, and Nintendo are Japanese companies, and they do things very differently from, from uh, the way that uh, some American companies do. Not to say that America does, is in the oh. up and up when it comes to that shit. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it, it's... When they lie to us, they make the lie just a little bit more believable than than, than Nintendo does. So, yeah, this is this is complete bullshit to me. I It's, it's pretty upsetting. Um, because there's no plan... To have these games anywhere else, there's nothing. Hey, 3DS stores shutting down. The uh, the Wii U store shutting down. However, we're gonna go ahead and move these into the Switch uh, online store. Or uh, no, none of that. Just complete silence. It's it's bullshit. This is this is like the terms of service nightmare, in my opinion. Yeah. This is all that fine print we all scroll past and accept when we purchase things or we start playing a new game that come back to haunt us. Because I can bet you that. People that spent their money on these eShops, I mean, obviously, if you bought these, I think I think they said you can re-download stuff you've already purchased, if I'm yeah, not mistaken, yeah, yeah. but it just devalidates... As long as you have that same account. Yeah, yeah it, it still just devalidates the, the, the desire to want to take the chance of downloading or buying a game on an eShop, not knowing if Nintendo is going to Nintendo you down the line and say, nope, yeah. actually, we're, we're doing this new console thing now called the Nintendo Switch, and screw what you bought for us last time around yeah like i just don't appreciate it uh, on top of that you know and everything you said I, I totally agree with what i what i piggyback on is that it's not like when this shop goes down we're gonna have access to all these games on the switch like uh, there's a lot of metroids that are only available on those e-shops uh well i mean you could buy hard hard copies of these games obviously i'm not pretending that sure. doesn't exist but the convenience factor of, of being able to go in and, and buy those games there um it it, it suffers I think it kind of diminishes the the overall value of both of those um, pieces of, of, of hardware. Obviously, the Wii U sucked. I, mean, I don't think anybody loved the Wii U, but at the same time, if people have a Wii U I they want to so. keep, like, you know, why don't they just let them buy games on it? Like, what is it really doing to hurt Nintendo to keep these these shops open? Other than, well, to your point, the th- affecting their, their business strategy of reselling and paywalling them again down the line. But even then, like, when you look at it right now, like... The Wii, the Switch isn't backwards compatible with the Wii U in terms of physical copies. Like right. you can't play a Wii U game, a physical copy of Wii U game on a Nintendo Switch. So even if these games are available to purchase physically, you know, I, I, you can't play Wind Waker uh, uh, HD uh, on the Switch. Like it, it's it's things like that that are really like mind boggling. Where you think you you want uh, as a company, you think you'd want people to be able to enjoy your software, not them, because they know that they they know that their franchises are so beloved that they can charge you 
you know, X amount of dollars. Yeah. Over and over. You know how many times I bought Super Mario Bros. Oh, 3 come on. or fucking... Like, it, it, it's ridiculous. It, it's 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 ridiculous. I'm part of the problem. Uh, it, it's, and that's, 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 that's the issue. It's just like the... I don't know who's worse at respecting their own ecosystem. I think it is Nintendo at this point, actually, between them and Sony. Yeah. I think. No, it's it's Nintendo. it's got to be Nintendo. Okay, um, this is just absurd, and uh, you know I don't think we're going to belabor the point or, or or stay on the point too long here about it. It just is what it is, and it's bad. I think yeah. I think my biggest concern now is, um. Do they course correct this? I think the answer is a no. I think they're going to stick to their guns on like Sony, which kind of, you know, um, readdressed it again. And secondly, are we going to keep running into this type of issue every time there's a new Nintendo console? And I think, unfortunately, the answer is yeah. I think think this is going to be part of their regimen. When they want you to stop caring about a console, they will do what they can to make you stop caring because this is where we want you to spend your money now. You know what I mean? And I hate that. I mean, look, the 3DS is one of the best-selling Right, you know, handhelds of all time. time, and when the Switch came out, it was still selling like crazy. Yeah. They literally had to stop production because it just was probably eating into their exactly. Switch sales. That's what and, I mean. And the thing is, they're not concerned about preserving games. It would not shock me one bit if Switch Two comes out next year, or the year after, and it's not backwards compatible at all. Oh my to god! To the Switch. Hey, now that sounds insane, and it sounds like, are you kidding me? If Nintendo Nintendo, were to do it, I would not shock you. Yeah, Nintendo. They couldn't just. They couldn't just have a nice Nintendo Direct and leave us alone. They had to. They had to be Nintendo, didn't they? This is what I mean about Nintendo guys. Like, ah, Nintendo got a Nintendo. Brutal. Uh, Speaking of brutal, let's get into our second and final hit points topic of the pod. Crossfire X, the first-person shooter co-created by Smilegate and Remedy has launched with several issues, including poor match connection. That it exists. <laughs> it's, it's, it's mere existence. Uh, <laughs> poor match connection, controller sensitivity issues, dead zone bugs, long match queues, issues with campaign availability on Xbox Game Pass, and more. The executive producer of Smilegate has publicly apologized, stating, quote, it's clear that we have inadvertently disappointed many of our players, end quote, while also pledging ongoing post-launch fixes. Meanwhile, Remedy, the creators of the uh, Crossfire X campaigns, uh, multiple, uh, has remained quiet as of this recording about this huge blunder. Pablo, what happened? Yeah, I, I, I guess they don't have playtesters. I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you here. Uh, Crossfire is huge in 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 China, uh, and I or Korea. It's Korea, I think. And I and think they it's China, decided, but you might be right. Okay, well, it, yeah, and and they decided to to kind of you know bring that game over here, and they did a piss poor job. This 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 was this seemed to be in trouble for a long time, but. It didn't stop Xbox and it didn't stop Remedy from from you know still talking about it and still promoting it. You know, I don't know, I don't know what Xbox in terms of what access they had to, to seeing this game in action. Uh, Remedy was developing the story, uh, so it the fact that Remedy hasn't said anything kind of sits with me like in a wrong way. Of course, they don't have to say anything, you know, but it's just one of those things where like they hyped up themselves yo remedy we're we're making a a campaign for this game which first of all seemed weird to begin with like 
okay, that's weird. It, it's the first person army shooter. That's not really <laughs> Remedy's bag. Uh, but here they are doing it, and it's it's awful. It's absolutely atrocious in every way. It has like a forty something on Open Critic. Um, you know, IGN I think gave it a three. Like it is being, it is, it is, it is bad. But not only is it bad because of these bugs, it just feels like an antiquated game. Feels like black for Xbox three six or Xbox. Like it just feels like this old shooter, and it's it's weird. I I, I don't understand it. And it's it it's twenty twenty two, and 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 we're still doing shit like this. Like stuff stuff like this can still get through the cracks. It's it's wild to me. Yeah, everything about this whole game. To me, from its announcement to how it's it's built, literally with like the campaigns. There's two separate campaigns. They're both like two or three hours long, from what I've heard. Uh, and then you've got these these uh, these multiplayer matches, which are like trying to be Call of Duty, but trying to be Counter Strike at the same time. And it the it, it just looks terrible. The the single player apparently is running on a totally different engine than the multiplayer. Like what? is this yeah. game and the thing is it's so the two campaigns uh matter uh, smilegate made one of them and remedy made the other and the one that is smilegate one is an old campaign from the original crossfire um and so the new one is the one that remedy made but it's like it feels equally shit i mean i don't i, I just don't i don't really understand what this game is who it's for i i honestly don't you know, yeah. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, um, this is just disappointing. I mean, if you're Remedy, I, I I think you need to say something. I think you need to kind of acknowledge that even though you probably, your portion of the game was probably the lesser of the two evils, the multiplayer is by far the worst of the two from what I've heard. It's still on you because you didn't really tell us what to expect of this game. You obviously had some kind of cahoots thing where you didn't want anybody from the media to play it or review it. There was no reviews when this thing came out. It was it was so suspicious from day one, and this is not like you. So what are you like now? Like, what, what are we supposed to expect yeah. from you now? Like, you're bought by Tencent. That's already weird. Or not bought by, or they, like, they like have part of, like, you know, a huge part majority of, yeah, stake like, yeah. or something, yeah. So what's going on with you now? What's your deal? You know what I mean, and I don't know the it answer just, to that. It just feels like it just feels like here's some money, and maybe this is a necessary evil for them to make their next big thing. Alan Wake Two, maybe I don't know. The thing is, and I think that, um, and I think that there's a lot of like Twitter hyperbole going on that this is a a black stain on Game Pass. I don't agree, but I kind of agree to a certain extent because. Game Pass really, uh, Xbox really promoted this game as one of their pillars when they talked about Game Pass and what Game Pass was going to do in the future. Like, it was this, it was, you know, it was um, Halo. They literally got spoke about in the same conversation. The other one coming up now is the penis uh, scary game. What's that called? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) There's a game that everything looks phallic as fuck. I don't know what you're Uh, talking about at all. I really don't. Man, there's a a game that's coming out. It's an Xbox exclusive. It's a horror game. Scorn. Yeah, Wait, so it's another. Yeah, bro, like go watch, go watch the latest trailer of Scorn from last year. Everything is phallic as hell. It's just like leaky penises everywhere. It's disgusting. <laughs> but um, why they gotta be? But leaking? anyway, because they were. No, they didn't look. That, that, that but, game did not look phallic to me at all. I'm. A, you, I don't think you saw the most recent trailer because that was a thing, bro. That shit looked like penis. The game. Oh wow. Anyway, um. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see what happens here because that was a game they talked about at length, or at least talked about it many times when when they showed a yeah. showcase of upcoming Game Pass games. It was always Crossfire X somewhere there. So, well, hopefully, uh, we'll see. Hopefully, Smilegate and Remedy will find the remedy to this booty juice of the week. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I held my breath that, that second or two. That that was actually me holding my breath. Um, and, and made eye contact. Hey. Didn't like that at all. Um, all right. It's time. It's time to talk about number twos in our checkpoint chats. So let's go ahead and switch over to that right now. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right, Pablo. We're here. Checkpoint chat is uh, going to be an interesting one. So, like I said at the top of the show, uh, since we have two twenty-two twenty-two coming up on the calendar, we thought it'd be kind of fun to do something two-related, and we decided to talk number twos uh, by deciding what our favorite second game and least favorite second game in a series are, and we're going to talk about why. So we both picked one each. We're going to kind of go uh, round robin on this one and uh, and, and talk about it. So um, number twos. Uh, by the way, Pablo, are, are you, speaking of the real-life number twos, are, I always ask people, I don't know why I ask people this, it's kind of a weird question, but are you a public restroom pooper? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. are? It would when nature calls, uh, um, you don't um, you don't fight it. I'll be there. I'm <laughs> Why did you? Here, you anyway. Hold up, guys, listeners. I had to get the tone right in my ear, and you, you had know, to so hold your ear. ear to do that. Yeah, the tonality got to be there. Yeah, man. Listen, I don't. You know, I don't. I take precautions to make sure that I'm not sitting on like gonorrhea or something. But <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> are, you know, I take, a, are you a I hoverer? Take, do you hover, or do you full on nah. commit to the seat? I sit, I sit, but I, I, I only if there's the how you call it, the ring that of paper syphilis. that goes on top. <laughs> no, the the paper you pull out. Oh, you know, okay, I, I see. Yeah, I I pull a shitload of those out. I put on top. And I make like I make like three, I'm floating like three feet above the thing because I put so much of that paper. <laughs> Your feet are swinging. And, yeah, my feet are swinging. I'm like a kid with a lollipop wow. with a hat with a little fan on it. Um, but um, yeah, I sit. Wait, we talking. Yeah, how about you? You were probably I, absolutely not. I, yeah. I, uh, I don't remember the last time I've ever done it. I have to be mission critical for me to have to. I don't understand how people can hold that shit. Literally, I don't I understand how people hold shit in. I will wait. I, just something about I, I, I am that guy where I know as soon as I have to go, somebody that I know is going to walk in the bathroom, recognize my sneakers under the under the bathroom, and go, oh, "He's pooping." <laughs> I don't give a f- yeah I, yeah I, I get that because my because you know my I, I I know people like that I don't give a fuck if somebody knows I'm taking this shit like it's it, that's what that bruh, stall isn't there for it's gotta like I have to be deathly afraid it's gonna run down my leg or something for me to have to go I will so okay wait. let me ask you this is work a public place yeah so you don't shit at work no I have never that's crazy <laughs> Bruh, that is crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I th- oh, man. I, think, hey. I think it's normal to, to say, hey, you know what? Nah, nah. Because I, I will, because you know it's going to yeah, be the I don't think when I don't think when the body functions were created, they were like, yeah, but this one is not for public but, uh, purposes. But you know, like, it's going to be the loud one. It's going to be the squishy sound. It's going to be the one that you want to be over with fast because you don't you, you don't want to get exposed for being in there. But it's, it, it's going to be. Oh, yeah. I don't care. I don't care. 
I don't care if anybody knows that I'm taking this shit. As a matter of fact, I might just, I might, on the way to the bathroom at a Walmart, like pick up the 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 thing and intercom and be like, I'm on my way to take a shit. <laughs> just, I mean, I don't care. I wouldn't I mean, be surprised shit, if you do your, your your voice text to me on the phone while you're doing it too. I, I could have swore I've heard a thoop in the background before. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and say that's never happened, but it's not a common occurrence. I know when I hear that echo in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yep, here we go. It's either that or he's like sending me like tweets. Hits um, everybody knows. Yeah, nasty. All right, let's go ahead and let's let's actually talk video games again. Let's try that out. Um, all right, so Pablo, why don't we start off on a positive note? Let's talk about the best number two you've ever had in gaming. Um, oh, gaming. Oh, yeah, in gaming. Um, let me hear. Yeah, super. super in gaming? Oh, okay. Well, you, uh, you want to hear oh, you, hey, look, game? Oh, you want to no, share? We got you time. Want to hear me take a shit? Uh, oh no. Uh, but listen, super easy, super obvious. It's Mass Effect Two. I mean, you know, one of the things that when we and Marco talked about, when we were kind of talk, uh, you know, talk, thinking about a, a checkpoint chat was, you know, what are the parameters here? And, and for us, it's more like what game improved in every way uh, from its pre from its predecessor. And that's Mass Effect 2. I mean, I love Mass Effect 1, but Mass Effect 2 really just changed the game. It changed Western RPGs forever. You know, uh, from from big things like completely changing uh, the shooting uh, of the game, like taking it out from kind of the RPG-esque of it, like really down into it to make it more of an action RPG. That that move was absolutely great. The little stuff like the Paragon or Renegade actions that you can take, it, it, that, that's, that I always thought that was super dope. And I, replaying one last year, and I realized that's something that came on in, in part two. So, uh, bait, obviously, the the fucking relationships that you build with crew members, all that stuff is so fleshed out. Like it was there in one, but it, it wasn't as fleshed out as it was in, as in two. I mean, everything about two is one of those games that everything about that game took everything that one did and made it better. A lot like Horizon Forbidden West. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's undoubtedly a sequel to one, but it is, it is better and every single way without abandoning what made the game good like you know it's it's it, it's obviously a continuation of one choices that you made in one carry over to two it, it's very connected but it's very different it, it is the best sequel in my opinion or one of the best sequels ever made uh to this point okay yeah you know um little behind the scenes uh from my pick um i i purposely passed up Mass Effect 2, even though I agree with every syllable you just said, I think that at the end of the day, um, I what I was kind of factoring in was the game that I'm picking. Uh, I, I was factoring in its, its first game and how high of a bar that was, not just for itself as a series, but for all of gaming to come. And so I chose... Um, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. Uh, I think, and we talked about Kojima quite a bit on the show, so I'm not going to try, I'm not going to retread a lot of that territory. Um, but if you heard my, our, our, uh, our Hot Takes episode, when I kind of said that his last great game was MGS3, uh, that obviously included MGS2 uh, in, in that as well, and, and for good reason. I think that when you think about how how pivotal and, and iconic of a game Metal Gear Solid was, 
uh, everything that that represented and what that kind of taught the industry in terms of setting a new standard for cinematics, for storytelling, uh, everything under the sun, which take too, uh, too long to name. Um, Kojima had a really tough act to follow in following himself. How do you how do you come close to that? How do you uh, deliver a, a worth a worthy game that succeeds this one, uh, which has done iconic things and, and unforgettable things for the industry? And I think he achieved that with MGS two. A lot of people will will probably push back on that because of the Raiden factor, um, because of some maybe some story elements uh, along those lines as well. But I think that MGS2 for me, pound for pound, and I've said this to you in the past, is the most, it is the, it is, it is the best Metal Gear I think had, had ever been in that era in terms of being like a pure Metal Gear solid game where three, like I you know told you before, kind of went off in a new direction with survival mechanics and the jungle and stuff. I think that the, the pure Metal Gear formula was perfected in MGS2. Um, I thought that, you know, and I've said this in the past, I think the, the Raiden factor to me was uh, a brave, but to me, a generally successful move. I thought the Patriots angle was was really uh, awesome and how they kind of created so much intrigue around that. I think a lot of the Patriot-related similarities between the events in MGS2 on Big Shell and what happened at Shadow Moses was a really interesting plot uh, mechanic as well. The introduction of Solidus, uh, which I thought was really cool as well. Like, I just think that game nailed it um, and, and found a way to not only uh, uphold the the legacy and iconic nature of Metal Gear, but also kind of create something different too, so that it didn't feel like a just a, a another version of the same game all over again. Um, even playing into that a little bit with with some of the story elements uh, on the Patriots side, I just thought it was a brilliant game from top to bottom, and um, not a lot of games that get sequels are able to even hold a candle to their originals. And for a game as great and as legendary as MGS One was, for Two to be just as good or at least in the ballpark to me is a hell of an achievement. So that's my best yeah, number two. I, I- yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you know, I, I think our, our our number our best number twos are they're they're there for a reason. Uh, I think mine is is more because of how it improved one, right? And I think yours is more because of the fact that one was so almost perfect, and and two managed to not only, in my opinion, surpass it, but kind of become the new standard of what Metal Gear Solid uh, Solid is. Uh, and and funny enough, both these franchises are still chasing th- their number two. Uh, because I, I, I think that you're right in number three is my favorite Metal Gear Solid game. But when you think about the quintessential in this, inside infiltrating a building, inside a thing, that is 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 there in two. And same thing with Mass Effect 2. Three is what it is, but two is the quintessential. Right. And even uh, Andromeda is a, is a quintessential Mass Effect experience. Same thing with when you think about a, a Metal Gear in that era. And when you got four and you got five who are become bigger and bigger and bigger. And yet have never gone back to the formula that works. And so that's why the two is, 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 is in this case, in, in both our case, I think probably the best game in that series for each of us. Oh, absolutely. In, in that way. Oh, I, I yeah. think so. Pound for pound. I mean, I, I think my favorite versus what I think best is, is probably different. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, I think so. Yeah. I, w- I would agree with yeah. that. Um, 
let's let's get a little negative. Let's get a little toxic. Let's get a little uh, diarrhea-like. Ooh. Um, if you shall, and I shall. Um, earlier today. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh, you sh- you sh- I shan't. <laughs> let's talk about the worst number twos we have ever had played. Um, you start first. Yeah. What do you got? Worst number two I had was like 95, 96. Mm. I ate some circus peanuts. <laughs> and I, I came back oh, out on the bad. shell. What you mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, so my, my number two is a little bit... I went a little different. I don't think this game is bad. Um, I just think this game, for me, in quite the opposite way for Metal Gear Solid 2, pales in comparison to the first one. And Marco does not agree on this one, and we'll probably have that conversation here in a second. But my my, my game is Bioshock 2. Um, Bioshock 2, for me, as an experience, it felt really hollow. It demystifies what made Rapture interesting to me, uh, including the big daddies and the big sister kind of relationships. It, it felt, whole like, as a whole, incredibly unnecessary. It almost felt like Bioshock 1 was so successful, we got to make a Bioshock 2. Now, the people behind this game made it a quality game. The game looks great, plays great. The story is interesting, written well. But when you take Rapture, this incredible setting from the first game, and and, and completely take the mystery out of it, uh, we, we know what happened in that city in the first one. We, we were introduced to it, and it was like, what the hell's happening here? The story progresses. We find out what's happening and, and, uh, and everything with, about Jack. And then we get this revisit, and, and, and then it just never felt... It never felt as good as Bioshock 1. And in terms of like the story, the Andrew Ryan uh, misdirected in the middle of, of 1, there, was not re- there wasn't really that in 2. And even when they tried it, just never felt great. And then also the fact that you're playing as a big daddy, which is never never a thing that I thought about like when playing the first one. I was like, I wonder what it would play to, uh, it would be like to play a slow version of, of, of this guy to have a terrible drill as your melee weapon. It, it just, it felt bad. And then the whole kind of like story element was like, well, are you going to harvest the little sisters or are you going to save them? It's so, it, it becomes such a, 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 a story port part where they're trying to tell a really good story about you know, you being a protector of the sisters, and then gamifying the harvesting of, of the little sisters for more Adam, which was like, the choice, there was no choice. I don't know anybody who harvested little sisters or harvested all the little sisters. <laughs> on your second playthrough, on your second playthrough, I'm sure I, I did it too, but I'm talking about as your, your first playthrough. Uh, my first playthrough, I did, the second one I tried to get the bad ending and I did all the harvesting, but... Um, but I, it just never felt really good to me. Like, one was an experience. It hasn't aged well, and the boss fight for one was really bad. But ultimately, for for me in this game, I, Minerva's Den redeemed a lot of two, but I'm talking about just like the vanilla uh, Bioshock 2 and when it released. It just, it never reached the highs. It, it's retreading a lot of, Retreading water. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, and then um, and then when you look at Infinite, the third game after that, you know, it, it's not a very gr- good game, but it took a lot of chances in terms of its setting. It tried to do something a little different there. Uh, uh, but man, I, I, I really... I really was disappointed when two came out. It was for me one of my most like disappointing moments in, in within that franchise because I'm like, I wanted so much more, and yet this feels like a cash grab, and it just never gave me that feeling that that uh, the first Bioshock did. 
you're a sick human being. I mean, look, the, the reality <laughs> is, is I don't, I don't think that you're entirely off base. I think that Bioshock Two had a couple things going against it before anyone played it, and the biggest one yeah, was that yeah. people knew Ken Levine didn't make it. I think that stigmatized the That's hell true. out of this game before people were really uh, willing to give it a fair shake because it felt like it, it, it just felt like it, like they didn't. They didn't like they were kind of tarnishing his work or like repurposing his yeah. work in a way that I which is a I don't take. think is yeah. I don't think is true at all. I think narratively it is a better overall um, game than Bioshock One. I think Bioshock One was a lot of hey uh, would you kindly and it hung its hat on that in a very big way. And if if that really didn't wow you uh, when the twist was revealed, I think that kind of made the rest of the game kind of feel like a bit of a wet fart but it was su- it was such a it was such a moment for me at least and, and See, i just never repeated i never it really too. was like I, I thought it was cool i'm like oh that's kind of dope i am not one of those people who's like that's one of the greatest plot twists in gaming history like i'm just not that guy no. i i think it was a it cool was just- idea but at a certain point it did start to feel and i hate to say like I, I i thought something was wrong like like without really knowing but it was like why is the what i i was genuinely wondering why they were saying would you kindly so much like after a while yeah yeah i but i think that's why that reveal comes in the middle of the game because if they try to stretch that out throughout the whole game i'd be like all right something yeah. and, and and i think i don't think that they were completely off I don't think that they thought that they were fooling everybody. I, I think they, they tried to make it seem like something was definitely off of that list. There was something happening there. Uh, I didn't see the twist coming. Like, I didn't think it was that, like, mind control, right? But, um, you know, I... But, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I would also say that I thought the whole Andrew Ryan, like, death scene at that point, too, was just really overdone. Like, the a slave obeys with his, like, mouth, like, dangling and stuff. I'm like, what are we doing here? And I just, it just didn't hit for me as much as um, a lot of the moments in 2 did narratively, where I don't think that there was ever, like, one of those, like, mind-blowing twist type of attempts. I just no, think it had it a was... more consistent, well-told story throughout. Um that didn't leave you wondering as much about like, what like, is something going to like be like revealed that makes this happen? Like it was a very clear story of like a, like a, you know, parent uh, guardian with child sort of relationship and, and kind of telling another story in that world uh, that I thought was really, really um, more intimate uh, in my opinion. Um, you know, admittedly, you know, it's it's got its problems, but I do think from a gameplay standpoint, I thought it was more fun because of the big sisters uh, and like those moments where you only have like a couple minutes to like plant your like mines and traps and stuff. And you, like, yeah, but that, you that's have just to hurry more up. or less like the improvement of the game based on the fact that they already had a set working engine and stuff like that. Yeah, that stuff is, is, is for sure better. Yeah. But, but I, I think it's a I, I think Bioshock 2 is the best game in the series. Uh, crazy, nah. He wild, guys. Don't please don't 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 harass him on, yep. on the internet. He's a nice guy. Nah, nah. Who don't poop in public? <laughs> I hold it in, <laughs> uh, but I'm not holding back on that one. I think I think two is better. But I respect your opinion, even though you're dead wrong. Um, <laughs> my turn. Worst number two that I have had in all my life uh, is Devil May Cry two. Uh, somewhere, if a good friend of mine Will is listening to this show, he is uh, he is. He is probably catching the Holy Ghost right now because I, this, <laughs> this is, um, man, I have been hoping that there'd be a chance sometime in, in my lifetime to rant about how bad this game was. Um, 
This was a game that was greenlit, um, according to what I've read, on uh, a wiki site called Crappy Games. <laughs> uh, it was a game that was actually uh, greenlit before the first game was even done. So it was given to uh, a totally different team, which had really no uh, genuine experience, uh, or especially when it comes to like the Devil May Cry formula, because the game wasn't even done at that point. Um, so the you know the the lead on that team had his own philosophy on what Devil May Cry was supposed to be narratively, and did not like Dante. Uh, and so oh. as a result, Dante went from being the cocky, flamboyant, wisecracking protagonist anti-hero type of guy in the first game to practically a silent protagonist in the second game it 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 is it is on the level of what like venom snake was to metal gear solid 5 it was it was kind of that bad uh totally different character from top to bottom he just looked like dante uh, cool looking Dante, but just not Dante in the least, which was a lot of the heart and soul of what that game was. Um, and a lot of the interesting stuff about, you know, the uh, development of that game was that they didn't know how to make that game. Um, the gameplay was so bad that it's it's one of those games where you realize, like, I don't actually have to do anything but mash my shoot button and stand still. Because the game's enemies AI, like they don't do anything except wait to be killed. So it's one of those games where if you if you stop and actually don't even try to play it right, you can breeze through it normally because there's there's no Yikes. balance. There's nothing like you can see videos online to this day of people just standing in place, just shooting, and they all just die. They all die. They all die. Like you don't have to do any combos, and even the combos that you can do, that whole combo system is totally broken. The gameplay was an absolute disaster. the 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 mission structure was horrible. The boss fights were terrible. The story was terrible. Um, there was almost no continuity between the first game and the second game whatsoever. And I I truly think in my heart of hearts that. Devil May Cry 2 is the reason why Devil May Cry as a series never reached the heights that it could have reached. Um, I don't think that the franchise has ever actually recovered from that. Um, when Devil May Cry... Five was pretty good. What's that? Five oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, good. yeah, nowadays, yeah, five was five was yeah. good, but like the, the comeback was really, really hard because three was very good, um, but... It was one of those like, hey, we heard the feedback. We know that was like a really trash game and we were going to do our best to make it right. So there was like that that like admitting defeat kind of thing and the, a lot of skepticism coming into three because it's like we can't y'all can't burn us again like this because we'll, we'll be out. You know, so they knew they had to get it right yeah. and they did a good job Four to me, I think, was a pretty afterthought kind of game. I don't I literally don't remember anything about that game other than the lead character Nero, which looked like Dante because he was white haired and wearing a trench coat too. Like it was like a weird, like why not just let us play as Dante kind of game. Uh, so it was a really forgettable game. Five came out. A lot of people liked five. I liked five little bit forgettable still though. Like I don't remember a lot of that game to be totally honest with you. It's, it's, I don't know. I, you know, I think it's because it was like my really big exposure into uh devil may cry. Cause my first devil may cry game that I ever played was DMC. Mm. Uh, oh, all the like reboot. It, yeah, that's right. Which, by the way, I, I I don't I don't think it's a popular opinion, but I think that game is really oh, good. it's fire. I think five is this game is fire. I think five is better, but D, the, but DMC Devil May Cry is like 
when I played it, and, and it's funny because I played that game, and I was like, oh, Delvin Cry is dope. And then people were like, it sucks. It's not what we wanted. People I'm saw like, his character what? design, and they were like, yeah, it's yeah. emo. Because yeah. at the beginning of the game, the game even makes fun of the of the Dante yeah. haircut because he puts the wig on, yeah. and then he takes yeah. it off while he's flying through the air. Like, stuff like that. Dope, were, though. Ninja Theory were killed really it on upset. that one. Like, they, they explained, yeah, that was they, a they explained why his hair turned white later on. Like, they gave, like you just had to kind of stick around a little bit and see what they did. I think, <laughs> that would fit. I think that's like the second or third best game in all of Devil May Cry. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say it's my favorite one, but, you know, uh, but 5 is really good. I it, Anyway, because it's probably my first experience really into that. I really enjoyed and then like the whole Virgil kind of reveal, which I don't know much about Delman Cry, but that was that oh, still hit for yeah. me. I, yeah, so it was it was it, it was really. Uh, I'm happy at the state of where Delman Cry is right now, and I think that you know I hope we get more of the game. But yeah, I had to go through some with through the fire, I guess, with two because that oh, that sounds it terrible. was so bad, and I'm like glossing over a lot of stuff like the bad camera. I mean, it it boring environments, everything. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong with that game. It was it was an absolute abomination of a video game, and I'm not exaggerating for like a podcast, you know, type of thing. It really was an absolute disaster from top to bottom. It is a night. It was a nightmare scenario uh, for for uh, any fan of any kind of like would be like long lasting IP that you want to like thrive and be successful. Those games. Like a Devil May Cry two is what kills a franchise. Like it, it was that bad, and I'm super. The fact that Devil May Cry even made it past that is kind of a miracle because it, it was it should have died in that PS two era based on how bad that was. So uh, it was the funny. worst number two. Yeah, it, that game was supposed to be a Resident Evil game, the first one. Right? Yeah, that was like the yeah. yep yep. Um, yeah. Interesting story with Devil May Cry, but man, that, that was a nightmare for me. Uh, I I oh. And they and they and they they still want you to play it. They're like, "Well, oh, you play it with the HD collection." Like, no, there's the HD collection. Yeah, I seen I seen that. That came out a couple of years ago, like two years ago. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, man. So um, that is my worst number two. Uh, I feel ten pounds lighter getting that off my chest. You know what I'm saying <laughs> to you right now? And I get it out to yo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, that is going to do it for this week's show. Uh, until next time. Uh, be sure to give our podcast a sub and some toilet paper if you enjoyed this. Uh, don't forget to follow <laughs> us. Uh, follow us on Instagram, please, if you don't mind. We're at Cooldown Time Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod. We we tend to run a lot of polls and uh, share some hot takes on there that we're feeling in the heat of the moment. So swing by our Twitter and show us some love too, if you can. Uh, that way, we'll always be in your FOV. You're welcome, and we'll see you next time. Now back to the horizon. Hey, let's go.